Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. All right. This, I think, is episode six. So we have an intro. So I'll just jump in and introduce you, Jacob, and then have you kind of introduce yourself, which always works well. Okay. So welcome everybody back to Warrior Goddess Revolution. And so happy to have my dear friend and co-author and wonderful human being, Jacob Nordby, on the show. Jacob, welcome. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Yay, so, so glad you're here. So Jacob and I have known each other in a couple different capacities of working, both of us working through Insight events and doing publicity stuff together, but also through writing and just developing a friendship over the years. Uh, And I'm super excited, Jacob, about the new book that you have coming out and all the changes that you've made in your life. So I'd love to start there is just to have you introduce yourself in what have been some of the turning points, which I know there's been many in (laughs) your life. And, and what are you excited about now? Like, what are you stepping into now? Oh my God. When you say (laughs) turning points, I'm like, how many lifetimes have I lived in this lifetime? I'm sure you know all about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I would say recently in the last 10 years, 10 or 12 years ago was a really big one where I left behind an entire enterprise, several enterprises, um, moved to Austin, Texas. That's where I eventually met you and began working with Randy Davila, our publisher. And But it was this intense period of who am I? Um, who am I now? And I've had the last 10 years, Ash, of really delving into that and learning that it, what it means to heal the connection to my inner self and then what that means then to walk back out into the world and slowly slowly come into what feels like myself in a, in a whole new way. Um, about three years ago, I got really led down a path of healing from childhood trauma and I didn't even really know it was there. I knew the trauma had been there, but I didn't know that there was sort of a core and that it was affecting my outlook on life and it was affecting my beliefs about um, worthiness and safety and lovability and can I really be here as myself and so I would say in the last three years that's probably been one of the biggest things to just turn into miracles into in my life and I was sitting here talking with a client this morning actually and she was talking about the fear of the other shoe dropping and I shared with her with tears in my eyes how grateful I am because that is so relatable to me the feeling of oh my god I'll never be enough I won't stay up there's not enough time in my life And if I don't somehow perform, the other shoe will drop and all will be lost. And just so grateful to have that sense gone most of the time now. It's a miracle. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that place of like knowing that there was trauma, Mm -hmm. what were some of the, the steps that you took to get the your nervous system, because trauma is so much a nervous system dysregulation. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. To come back into 
regulation. And also that's, I mean, so many of us struggle with self-worth Yeah. and that sense of imposter syndrome and that sense of like, it's good now, but something bad's going to happen. If I'm, if I slip just a little bit, then it's going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your question about that? Like where did. So what, what were some of the tools or some of the, the places that helped you start to navigate through the trauma and find that grounded sense of it's okay, regardless of what happened, it's okay. It happens. Wow. You know, I think I really saw myself in a mirror because I mean, Ash, we've known each other forever and I've been doing inner work and all this stuff for so many years. And so I was surprised when I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score um, and later The Deepest Well. And I read it in connection with a dear friend of mine who I knew, you know, I was like, oh, I'm doing this along with her. And it's fascinating because I cared about her. And then as I read it, I began to see, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. That's, that's me. That dysregulate and seeing it in medical and scientific terms with research to back it up. It's like, that's not other people who have trauma that's affecting the nervous system. That's, that's me. And I love the protocols that they talk about in their movement and yoga and meditation and journaling. And so, you know, of course the, the more traditional therapies. Um, but I found that some very simple tools that turned into a practice for me. Um, I had been meditating for years, but I turned it into more of a practice of really settling the nervous system down. I would breathe in for the first five minutes. I would breathe in, I'm loved, and I'd breathe out, I'm safe. And I'd breathe in, I am seen, and I'd breathe out, I am enough. And you know what? For the first month or so of that, Ash, um, that felt like total bullshit inside my body. It just, my body did not agree with those words. And so I found that doing it day after day, it began to erode. And I would pour out my heart in my journal, and then I would come back and do some more meditation just sitting. And little by little, the sense of I'm enough, it's okay to be here, right here is me. And then things in my outer world began to change. It's just, and, and we know this, when the books all talk about it, the ancient teachings, you know, as within, so without, but I began to watch my world change as the inner world, as the nervous system settled down. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. And I can really relate. I remember um, working with a friend of mine that had been sexually abused. And I'm like, I'll help her out. And we started going through, you know, courage to heal. And I'm reading the list and I'm like, oh no, right? Like, okay. <laughs> um, and, and I think that place of the honest, the self-honesty, that recognition of, okay, there's work here. And that all of us have, I believe, somatic work to do. We've been so intellectualized, mm. you know, in so much of, of both the, the educational system, but also in the spiritual world. Yes. There's been a lot of bypass. There's been a lot of, I can figure this out by thinking my way through it. And um, to see that there's this now coming back into relationship with the body in a new way, I think that it's going to change everything in a much bigger scale. And I'm talking to more and more people in the spiritual realm that are going, we have to get into the body in a different way. It's remarkable, isn't it? That, the simplicity. I think that um, 
that was what surprised me because again, like you, I've just studied and done all this work for so many years and to find it be so simple and then to notice or to, to read, to understand, oh, this is a nervous system thing and there are ways to heal. Like I just had sort of accepted, Ash, that whatever it was, I didn't know it was anxiety even. Um, it was so old and so deep in there. I didn't even know that's what it was. I didn't think of myself as an anxious person. But when I began to read and, and look at the symptoms, and it's like, oh my God, I am living at an elevated, in the polyvagal chart, I'm living at this elevated state all the time. No wonder I'm exhausted and falling apart, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, trying, and trying to pretend that I'm not, <laughs> you know. Everything's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because especially that place, if you don't know why. Yeah. If there's that sense of, I just have to try harder. Yes. Right. Or it's just my, you know, it's just whatever my agreement. I I have a friend right now who keeps writing. Yes, it might just be your story. But if it's your story, it's your story. Like you can't just drop it, whether it's a mental story from your history or something that you've learned or whether it's the story of the what the nervous system is imprinted, how the nervous system is imprinted. Yeah. And, and for any of you that are new to trauma, I think this is helpful is that, you know, we sometimes think we're, we're learning a lot more about trauma in the body right now. And Jacob, I know you can talk about this from, from your own experience and from all your learnings, but that trauma isn't around a specific event because one person can respond to a traumatic event and not be traumatized at all. And another person can respond to an event that doesn't seem traumatic but their nervous system takes it on as trauma. So there's, we're really starting to understand that now. And I'm really grateful for that is that it doesn't have to make logical sense. I think the logic, logical sense part is, I mean, you just really nailed so many important things. And, you know, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a doctor. Um, that's why I'm so grateful for the work of these who are coming forward now. And some of them have been around for years, you know, but, I'm glad that it's coming forward. And I know, Ash, from my experience that it was easy for me to feel empathy or even compassion for people who had been through trauma. And it was like, oh, I wanna help you. Um, I didn't want to accept the label of having had trauma. Um, And so seeing it in black and white, it's like, here's your ACEs and here are the facts, here are the symptoms of those things. And seeing it broken down like that, it, it let me access the healing, you know, protocols in a different way, because before I think I just resisted, like, no, I want to help other people who've had trauma. When I was able to look at the mirror and say, okay, um, it's not shameful. You're not broken or bad. <laughs> Some of these things started before you knew your own name, before you even knew who you were at all, or had a sense of that. And so how would you know different? Um, how would you know that life could be different? And I remember the first experience of going through a day where I just was at a different level. Like I was settled down and I was not feeling, you know, frantic. And I remember having something that came up that was, you know, that caused some anxiety. And it was like, oh my God, I used to feel that way all of the time. So feeling the contrast was remarkable. Yeah, beautiful. So true. It makes me think about when I I went into silence for 40 days and Mm -hmm. like the first week, what happened is I started to see how loud and disastrous my mind was. Mm 
where my <laughs> mind went and and recognizing what's what was really like shocking to me was not even the voice but was to realizing that was my baseline was that voice was always going and creating disasters and looking at the past and looking at the future and i hadn't realized how much it was impacting me and i think it's so true we don't sometimes we don't realize how much we're hurting ourselves mm-hmm. with our thoughts or with the way our 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 um, energy's running right until it shifts yeah i've been surprised too to discover now that it's become you know a daily practice for some years i've been surprised to discover that the voice the the true inner voice is so gentle and so encouraging and i remember writing these things in my journal ash i would write it down you know like pour out my heart about what i was feeling and the voice would come back and it would be so it would be so gentle um and i'm like that's not fair um or that's not true because i you're letting me off the hook and the voice would come back and say why do you believe you deserve to be punished exactly you know yeah. And that's so deep in us, that belief, I need to be punished. Right. I would bet everybody listening to this podcast, unless you've done like a tremendous shitload of work, <laughs> I can cuss on my own podcast, right? Um, that we have, all of us have that belief. I need to be punished at some level because it's part of... Mm. Um, it's part of Protestant work ethic, Christianity, and original sin. Yeah. You know, and even if you weren't, like I was not raised Christian or Catholic, but I still got the original sin thing. It's like this meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you get that reinforced through experience, then that locks it deeper into the body. Yeah as well so that that place of unearthing no and that's i was as i was watching the inauguration today because we're we're recording this on the inauguration i was just thinking you know we've had four years of like a shit stirrer basically i'm just gonna cuss today like just like a president that's just yeah yay (laughs) so a president who's just been like bringing up all the shadow bringing up the division bringing up and it's not like it wasn't there it was there. It just got really exacerbated. And I think that's so true for all of us is that the, these, these like seed wounds, mm-hmm. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I'm going to be punished if I do it wrong. That then we even we're having success and then we're afraid of it's going to all get taken away from me because that's what I deserve because I'm going to get punished. And that something happens that it gets brought up. And I think we like what you're explaining is so beautiful is you realize this actually isn't mine. Mm-hmm. It is and it's not. Yeah, God, I, I can't say how grateful I am for, I remember last May, I think you and I talked and we were you know, just sort of in the middle of the pandemic early stuff and What's going to happen next? And I remember I've, I've actually repeated your words a number of times, Ash, to friends of mine. Um, you said, I feel like Mama Gaia it just has us down right now. And we are. it's time for us to learn these lessons. And not from a punishing way. It's time for us to come into a new relationship with ourselves, with each other, with the earth. 
um, because so much better is possible. But we don't get to go back to the old normal where all this stuff was not great, but we just tolerated it. So true. Yeah. And if we can, if we can use everything, pandemic, like everything that's been arising Mm -hmm. as another impetus for healing to get us out of the punishment, reward, good, bad paradigm. And to step into something different. So good. (laughs) Well, I'm watching it happen. And I know, I know that wherever we are in our own work, I mean, again, to me is as within, so without. So wherever I am inside myself, the world that I see out there, the the way that I interact with the world, it's reflected like that. Um, And so I see us it's revealing, it's revealing for all of us, like, oh, this is where I am. And it's not, I should be somewhere else. I should be better than this. I should be more Eckhart Tolle than this. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, this is where I am. I am feeling a lot of anxiety or I am, you know, not doing well with other people or whatever it might be. And I think that what we're talking about sort of reconnects there, Ash. It's like, I don't deserve to be punished for who I am in this moment as myself right now. All it's doing is showing me and wow, if I can take a long, deep breath and say, I'm enough right now and I will keep growing. I'll keep growing into more of, of good things, you know. And then it takes time. I, mean, yeah. I love that you shared that you were doing this really profound practice day after day and not believing it. <laughs> and your body's like, I'm not safe. This is not okay. It's, yeah. you know, but that as we continue to bring in possibility and stay and stay centered with the body that over time we start to take it in it's like the drip method it starts Mm -hmm. to really penetrate but we have to understand that that i don't know this isn't even a word i don't think porosity so like how porous we are we've been porous for judgment victimization um anxiety, not enoughness. We've been very porous to that because that's what we're really swimming in. Mm -hmm. And to learn how to get less porous around that Mm. and fill ourselves up with, I'm okay. That's simple. I'm okay. Period. (laughs) I mean, just telling the truth, I, I found myself, and like you talked about going into silence and hearing all of that, I found myself, as I began to have that practice, Ash, I, had, I began to realize I'm not telling myself the truth about this moment. My mind is yelling at me saying that you don't have enough money, your retirement account isn't all set, you know, all these different things, whatever it might be. Oh, and the kids' room's a disaster, which reflects the fact that you're such a bad parent and all these things. I mean, just so many things, right? And the cat just barfed on the floor. I'm sure I'm responsible for that as well. Um, But I began to realize that in those moments of silence um, and just settling, just, I mean, I want to make it so simple because it can get super floaty with, you know, get into a certain state of meditation. It's like, actually, it was just pure, deep relaxation. I would notice then that I was able to tell myself the truth in that moment. No, I actually am safe right now. I mean, look around. I'm safe in this room. I'm warm. Um, I do have plenty of money in the bank for the next little bit. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> you 
is the truth in, in that in that particular circumstance in that moment. And so I began I began to notice, and there were times when I didn't have enough money, and so that was you know its own thing. But looking around and saying yes, and I have some food in the refrigerator, and um, I'm warm right now. It was just interesting to learn how to tell the truth about this very moment, not about the past or the or the future. Something about that began to shift. Then I began to notice that I could interact with what I needed to do next more resourcefully. Yeah. I began to notice opportunities and ways of moving forward. Whereas before I just felt really frozen. I love that you're emphasizing the simplicity because mm-hmm. sometimes we try to make healing so complicated. <laughs> and I, I feel like in the same thing in the last you know, four years, especially I had this concept of the truth that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm for the truth. But something of the last couple of years, I so love the truth now and the simplicity of the truth and just showing up with what's true in this moment. Yeah. And there's something just magic about that. Again, <laughs> so simple. I was, you and I were chatting before the show started here and um, you were sharing about what you're creating um, and I was talking a bit about mine. And one thing I think happens, Ash, when people head into, I know I did this, um, head into a journey, a journey of healing, you know, journey of healing. It can be so easy sometimes to turn the journey, the finding all the wounds and finding the, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going, now I'm going deep into this. And now I'm going deep into that. And, and that is a wonderful transformative experience. Um, sometimes though, I notice that it can become the goal of finding more wounds to heal. And something that's emerged in my life lately has just been this tremendous gratitude of going for this moment right now, I'm healed enough. And when life shows me more things to heal, I'm totally there for it. But right now I'm healed enough. And Oh my God, look at what is happening as a, here's the fruit of the healing. I can see it in my life and that sense of gratitude. And it's like, today I'm healed enough for where I am right now. And again, I'm totally willing to keep going. And I, you know, I don't feel like any journey of healing is, is, comes to an end. Um, as long as we're humans with DNA in us, we're gonna be healing things. But I just wanna reflect. I love hearing what, what you have created, what you are creating, because to me, I think people can look on at, pe- at people like you or leaders and teachers and have books and go, well, they're healed and they get to be awesome and creative and live these lives, but I'm, all, I'm not healed enough yet. And I just wanna say, wherever you're sitting right now, you're, you, you are enough and you deserve to, to enjoy the fruits of the healing you have already done so far. Yes. Yeah, I was just sharing that about that today of, of that place of celebrate what has shifted <laughs> and enjoy, like celebrate, enjoy, rest into it and hold what you still want to bring attention to, what yeah. still needs to shift. But you're so right. Sometimes we put like, I'm just going to look at what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's part of the old paradigm. I'll just keep seeking out what's wrong. And then when I fix it, then it'll be all right. Right. And it's like, no, sweethearts, celebrate what's right. And it's not right. It's just what is Mm -hmm. and the spaciousness and the joy. Like we get to have pleasure. We get to rest. We get to integrate. Um, And as, as a friend of mine, 
uh, Kevin, who actually edits this podcast, hi, Kevin, uh, used to always say to me, Heather Ash, you don't have to go looking for the next thing. It's going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Just go live your life, enjoy your life, and whatever you need to work on will show up. And it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, it's interesting. I, as you're talking about that, it takes us back, I think, to the paradigm of original sin. And the in original sin thinking, we go find a model, whether it's a religious model or a guru or, you know, just a fitness model, somebody who's got it figured out more than I do. We go find that person because I'm broken and I need a savior. And we go find that person. We say, okay, so if we model our, if I model my behavior after that person, maybe someday I'll be worthy like they are. And we, of course, we find that that someday never comes. And so I've just been noticing as we shift and I feel a planetary shift, like I feel a collective shift away from that story being the case. And so I love watching someone like you, Ash, serve as a guide. Yes, I have been over this terrain, not your terrain, but I've been over terrain like it. And I want to, I want to hold your hand. I want to walk by you, but it's still not look at me and do my things. It's no look within your, your, your own inner self is enough and it's good. And it has wisdom. You don't need to become like me, become like you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the the biggest message we all can be sharing with each other is we're on this journey of healing together. None of us is broken. None of us is better than, and we can keep holding each other's hands. Yes. No. And I I always remind our communities, like sometimes you're the person that needs their hand held. And sometimes you're the person that's holding the hand and the truth, we're all doing all of it simultaneously (laughs) and, and how to just settle in with each other for the the long haul. Something I've been talking with a lot of, uh, we're doing a lot of racial equity work right now. Mm -hmm. And we were, our group was just talking today of like, long like let's we're in for the long haul this isn't okay we're going to figure out racism and like eradicate it from our system so that we can then move on it's like lifetime this is we're in and it's the same thing with the healing and with each other and and i really appreciate that as well jacob with you is that just in our friendship over the years there's been this this joy of creativity Hmm. and creativity in the healing as well yeah and that that's ongoing and it can be playful. It can be joyous. It can be messy. It can be awkward, but that we're in, we're creating, we're creation. I'm curious too. You've been working on the creative cure for a long, like I've seen it go through a couple of different renditions and you get stuck in it. And, <laughs> and so I'm curious with this whole piece around you doing this, this next level of healing, what it's done to your writing and to your mm. expression. Well, it transformed it, Ash. Um, I had written a whole several drafts of this book Unlike you, I don't just sit down and write a book and turn it in and then they and then they edit it and they publish it. I, it seems like I've in the past, I'm not sure what will happen in the future, but in the past, it's been a very long, interesting circular process. But um, when I was led into, I, I had sent the manuscript to our publisher, Randy Davila, and he said, okay, there's some good stuff in here. He was so kind. Um, and he said, I feel like, I feel like there's some more work to do. 
Um, but it was during that time of really getting my eyes open to the, the healing I needed to do, not what I needed to do for other people. Um, I, that I, I felt like I really needed to go very, very silent for as long as it took. And I didn't know how long that would take, but, and then I, I could feel this looming deadline of this next draft. And I remember Ash, like that was, that was a frightening period because I didn't know I didn't know if I could come back out and do it again, like write another one. I wasn't sure. And so I just had to let that go. And going deeply into the process, about 45 days later, I think, I remember I started the next draft. It was in the spring um, a couple of years ago. And I started the, the next draft on a new moon and I finished it 45 days later on a full moon. And I did, I, cause I rewrote the entire book. Like it was all new in 45 days. Um, and so the, but the book changed and I changed in it, like my heart, what I sought to deliver, it changed from being here. Let me help you get more creative to who you are is already creative. Let me point you back to yourself. Let me reflect to you. There are some ways to heal the connection to that inner self that is already so deep. And I, by the way, the inner creative self to me is the same thing as the original self, the natural self, with many, many names for it, but I feel like they're all the, it's the energy of, of being alive. It's the very most primal spark of life in us. And it wants to be here and it seeks joy and it seeks to experience things and learn and grow. It's so to me, that is, that is the essence of it. And it's like, everyone has that spark. I'm not here. I don't, I'm not here to light your spark. You already have it. It might be under layers. So let me just reflect to you that, that it's in you. And here are some ways to bring that spark into a flame, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. That holding that light and reminding yeah. people you've already got it. It's you. It's you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how has your relationships, you have this beautiful relationship with Julia Cameron over the years that I've also seen grow and deepen. And is there a way that that relationship with her also informed the current book? Oh, what a good question. Yes. Yes. Um, I love that this person who's just an icon, you know, you, we talk about gurus and idols. I mean, she, whether she wants to be or not, she is one. <laughs> but becoming an actual friend with her and having her call me out of the blue and just chat about her day and talk about how she didn't like the fact that there were mice in her house that day. And so she felt afraid. And, you know, we, we became very, very real friends. And I think that demystified a lot of things for me because she's, she's a teacher and a liver of the practice of her own practice. And it became this like, Oh, wonderful. What a relief that to share and teach and do these things doesn't, doesn't require crawling up on top of a pedestal and not having those kind of days or those experiences. It was, it's been a relief. Beautiful. Yeah, I think I, I'm just reflecting because I really have had that with Miguel. So, so mm. many people like put Don Miguel Ruiz up on a pedestal as this, you know, icon. Same thing with Julia Cameron, the artist way, the four agreements, these, these books that changed the trajectory, I believe, of many, and I don't believe I know, of many, many humans' lives, mm -hmm. that there's this illusion that they're somehow perfect. If you're on the outside, but to, to have that blessing of like, you know, going out to dinner with Miguel 
and just hanging out with him and seeing that who he is in front of people and who he is outside, like it's the same human of this humility and this deep love um, and flaws like all of us. It's really helpful. Well, yes, and I love that picture you just painted because I can imagine you and Miguel sitting together. I've actually seen you sitting together at times uh, behind the scenes, but um, knowing that not every single word that comes out of their mouth is some scripture, you know, it's some deep, wise pronouncement. <laughs> it's like, oh, good, we're all humans. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in, in with uh, Miguel in New York, and we were at some event that was just not going well, like the attendance wasn't like, it was just really a messily run event. We were down in the basement and he's just like, I can't believe I'm down in the basement of, I mean, just everything was going wrong. Let's just put it that way. And I looked at him, I'm like, do you want to escape? And he's like, yes. I'm like, okay, let's go. And I just grabbed his hand and I'm like pushing through the crowd out of our way, out of like, <laughs> it was hilarious. And we ended up this little coffee shop. We're like, okay, we'll go back when it's ready. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I really love what you said that for you to give yourself, you are such an amazing, I've always just had such a deep love for you, Jacob, and for what you bring into the world and to have gotten to see you blossom, because I really have, I've seen you come into yourself more. I mean, we had a lot of hard, not hard conversations, that's not right, but we've gone through a lot of stuff together. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like hard times of places where I've been blocked in writing, or you've been blocked in writing, or in that place of unknown in between, is there going to be a book? Because I don't know, this doesn't seem to be going as I thought it would. Um, and for you to have just stayed with it, mm -hmm. you know, and to have opened yourself to this friendship with, with Julia and, to a friendship with yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, that's what I really feel in you as we're sitting here is that you have so obviously befriended yourself and that, and that, and allowed that to come through the writing. Thank you. That's, that's such a, a beautiful reflection. And I was, I had this experience the other day. You're gonna you're gonna chuckle about this, but um, you know your warrior goddess training book and and the ones since then. I mean, I've I've loved likewise. I've loved I've loved being near you as you've become this. You know, and 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 it's funny for us to kind of have gone along like this because we've we've been those friends. And now um, I had this moment the other day where my brother's girlfriend, um, it was just amazing, and was she said, hey, have you ever heard of this book called Warrior Goddess Training? And I'm like, um, as a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> and uh, so shout out to Ash, if you're listening to this, Ashley. Um, but um, she and my sister are doing their own private book club on Warrior Goddess Training. Um, and I have in my car right now, Warrior Goddess Way and the Warrior Heart Practice to go give to her. Um, but it's been really fun for me to go, oh, yeah, no, Ash and I are really good friends. <laughs> actually know her. Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually know her. No, but it's, uh, but what you said and something you have talked about for years and the fact that you reflected that to me just now just means so much because you've talked about becoming your own best friend. And I've seen that in your writings. I've seen that in your teachings. And the fact that when you say that to me right now that you notice that, it, that it feels very true. It's just such a, uh, I'm grateful for that. Yay. 
Yeah, it feels so true. And, you know, for everybody who's listening or, or if we post this on, uh, we may post a video, but if you're, so if you're watching that there's, you know, when somebody writes a book, whether that book is a bestseller or not, whether they're, you know, they have a gazillion followers or three, like whatever, there's this thing that when you write a book, people then decide that you must be finished or you must be perfect or that you must have figured it all out because how else could you write the book? And that, you know, for us to keep peering behind the scenes and sharing that we're all a journey in progress, I believe, and that there's still struggles. There's still places where we're learning how to ally with ourselves and that, you know, if, if you're in a place in your life right now where you find yourself really judging yourself or putting yourself down, there is another, there is another way to be. Mm-hmm. And I love that um, I think we keep coming back to the idea of practice. Um, the idea that when I finally get healed, I won't have those days where I'm hard on myself. You know, it's like the four agreements becomes a, a, a version of self-judgment. Well, I wasn't impeccable with my word. One of these days, um, I find that it's such a practice. Like I, I get reminded frequently, Ash, Ash, like how do I, how can I be my own best friend right now? Oh, how would a best friend, like I would never yell at a best friend, never. I would understand them if they're having a bad day, I wouldn't go, well, pff, we're not gonna be friends anymore. Um, and so, you know, again, the work that you've shared for so long and, and I'm so grateful to be coming more and more into that to, to realize it's a practice and that if I can erode a little more today, the previous version that was hard or the, the voice just lo- and not even try to crush or get rid of that voice, like love it and say, what are you trying to tell me? Where did you come from? I find that curiosity about those parts in us that feel so sometimes violent or harsh. Um, wow, who are you? Where did you come from? And to me, that's part of the process of becoming my own best friend is, is rather than saying one day when I'm really, really healed, then I won't have that. It's like, no, those voices are coming from somewhere and they're part of me. They're part of my psyche and they deserve to be listened to Um, not entertained and like amplified, but like, no, you have something to tell me, what is it? And I find that as I do that, they transform, they become, they're no longer these monsters. They, they somehow get liberated into becoming my ally, my internal ally, you know? Absolutely. And you know, the image that I often use is this idea of like, sometimes we try and push those voices behind us mm. and pretend like they don't exist. And I don't have that part of myself, or we just don't even realize that that's what's running us, yeah. those negative voices. And then there's other times where we put it in front of us and that's all we see. <laughs> and then we beat ourselves up because I'm being so negative again. How dare I be negative? <laughs> and so it's now in front of us all the time. And that place of bringing those parts of ourselves like beside to understand Mm. there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And when we can get super curious of like, Hey, who are you? Then like you said, it, it all starts to shift and that we need each other. You know, this is, I also so appreciate being on journeys. Part of what I've, I've been doing in the first season, first season is bringing on people that I've known for a long time because I also believe, yeah, like I brought, um, I'm bringing on my, my friend, Autumn, who we've known each other since we were 19. My friends, Jessica and Tom, we did. And, you know, we've known each other for 30, 35 years. 
Um, because in these long-term relationships, like my relationship with you, we've been on this journey with each other. And that allows us to then both reflect back what we've seen change and celebrate and support each other. But also like I think about my friend, Mary, that I don't realize I'm being harsh. I think I'm just like being clear. And she's like, uh, sweetheart, what's that? <laughs> you know? And I trust her. So I'm like, give me a minute. Let me breathe into that and, and find out what, the, oh, there is harshness there. I didn't even see it. Yeah. It seems like a, a real friend um, honors the becoming, you know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And isn't holding, this is who you should be. But yeah, I'm, let's, let's keep going together and that it's this unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, and you know, this process we're talking about, I know... I know that I'm a different friend with you than I could have been six or seven years ago. I'm a different friend with my children and my friends in Boise I spend time with. I'm a different friend with them because I'm a different friend with myself. I find that I can listen more readily. I can make more space. And rather than jump in with advice or anything, fixing judgment, any of those things, um, I find that because I'm learning more and more how to do that with myself, I, there's space in friendships. There's room to breathe. Um, there's curiosity about, oh, my son Jay lives with me and I get this gift of this young guy who didn't, wasn't with me for, his, for most of his uh, teenage years. And here he is. We're the only two in this house with our cats. And he lived in a traumatic uh, environment for his high school years. And now he's here with me. And um, you know, on Thanksgiving morning, he flipped his car six o'clock in the morning. And it was this every parent's worst nightmare. I drive down there through the fog and the icy roads and there's his car and there's flashers everywhere, you know, um, police and, and fire people are there. And, and he was sitting there and huddled in a blanket. And um, I was amazed, you know, first of all, I was grateful that he wasn't hurt. I couldn't believe that he wasn't hurt. The car was on its top. There wasn't any room for him to have crawled out of there, but he did. Um, but as we, as we got back in the car and we're driving home, Ash, um, I was amazed and grateful that my first impulse wasn't to do a um, postmortem on what happened. How could you have done that? You, we just got that car. Any of those things, I was just surprised to find that my response was, first, I love you. And what do you need? And not even asking him because he was in a state of shock. It's like, what, what would I need? Well, I would probably need a hug. And somebody put me in the bath and give me a cup of hot chocolate and put me to bed, which is what we did. But I find I'm telling you that to say that couldn't have happened several years ago because I wasn't my own best friend. I, I would have I would have been projecting what I would have want, what I would have done to myself, which is how what just happened. Um, so I find that my pro, my um, experience of life grows gentler. Um, and as a result, thing good things get to happen. And since that happened on Thanksgiving, some actual miracles. And the way I define miracles it would be something good that happens when it doesn't seem like it should, given the circumstances. So it doesn't have to be anything particularly mystical, although it can be. Um, but with him, some miracles have happened. Like long-standing, I wonder if he will ever come into connection with you know, his life, himself, what he wants to do. And there's no amount of me badgering him or criticizing or making rules for him that could do that. 
But since that time, some things have dramatically shifted. So what I'm sharing with you right now is that as we do the healing parts, as we begin to do, make it, turn it into a practice and curiosity, things in our life that have seemed so intractable and maybe even impossible, this is the, this is the miracle part. And I can't fully understand it, but then things do begin to change. And it's pretty hard to even explain, but getting better at saying, okay, that's, that's the fruit of doing this work. I so love that story. Because that moment was healing on so many multitudes of levels, like healing for your son to not be in an old paradigm of punishment, you know, what happened to be held, to be loved, to be supported, that gift, which changes the trajectory, I believe, of people's lives. Mm -hmm. It just does. Because mm -hmm. for the first time, they're like, oh, I don't have to punish myself. <laughs> I could do this differently. And they feel that in your body. Mm -hmm. No, in your body, because you've done that work. And there's, some, there's so much, like you said, like it's nonverbal transference that happens that then the miracles start happening. And I really believe it's because we're grounded, we're present and that energetic mm -hmm. goes out. Mm -hmm. It just goes out into the world. God, yeah, I love that. And, and my sister, Emily, who um, loves your stuff too. Um, Emily is such an incredible friend and partner in my life and healing and stuff she reflected to me during and after that experience. She said, my son is named also Jacob. And she said, imagine you're sitting across from a 19 or 19 year old version of you. And I said, well, I'm literally sitting across the table from Jacob Nordby, who's 19. She said, yeah, but you imagine, imagine what your 19 year old self would need and didn't get. And that, <laughs> feeling emotional about that like that actually changed the way I saw it because it wasn't me being such a wonderful wise healed father it was like oh I'm getting some healing in some deep old parts as well through this experience yeah exactly mm. and that's the best healing right yeah. when it goes through our body to somebody else's body and then back again Right. And there's this full circle because that was a beautiful full circle moment right. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't know when those times are going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think this is what I, I share with people all the time. It's like, just keep doing the healing and one day you'll react in a different way and you won't be able to name how it happened or what you were like, there'll be no, like I read this book and then, you know, I took action on it immediately, <laughs> but drip, 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 drip. And it looks like nothing's happening on the surface. Mm -hmm. I'm enough. I'm safe. Right. Nothing's happening on the surface. And then one day you're like, I feel safe. Yeah. Or you realize you're responding in a completely different way. Right. Or that you can shift how you're responding a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And what I would share is that for those of you that aren't there yet, that you're still beating yourself up and judging yourself and like, if you can just go, I'm in the process, I'm learning and practicing. And one day I promise it'll shift and you'll be, you'll surprise yourself. 
but you never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> <gasps> oh, it's the best story. Yeah, and you're like, you're living with, oh, it's so cool. Say it, I want to hear what you're just for thinking. <laughs> it's like you're living with yourself. Right. And with your son. Like, it's both. It's this just incredible echo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it genuinely is. And interesting to look back when my sister brought that up. She said, Jake, I just want to invite you to think back to yourself at 19. And I was the oldest kid and I was an A student. And in my story about myself, my memory about myself, Ash, was I was a young guy and I was energetic and enthusiastic and I was leaning into life and all these things. And then having that mirror held up, I began to go back to how I actually was at 19. Not the same kinds of symptoms, the same kinds of things that my son has but oh my God, the underlying reality was very, very similar. Afraid, traumatized, disassociating, afraid. Um, I was overcoming it with other kinds of activities, but it was the same basic stuff. And it was such a revealing experience. And so when you just said, yeah, you're like living this echo, it's like, oh my God, right? To be able to see it and to be able to embrace it and him and myself, it's a, it's a miracle. Beautiful. Ah, oh, so good. So I want, there, there's so many places that we can go from here. And let me just feel in for a second about what would be. Hmm. No, I'd say that I want to talk about the new book that you have coming out. And also to, before we go there, like to bridge to bridge what we've been talking about this of this place of healing self and how that heals others and the mm. echoes that are happening constantly mm. in our relationships when we pay attention. You know, I think the universe is so generous with all of us of like bringing things around again and giving us another tries and new opportunities to do it in a different way. And mm. when we're paying attention, that's what I've started to realize in my life is like everything right now feels like it's about closures, like good closure. Mm. Um, I don't even know exactly how to explain that, but I've had some rough closures. Let's put it that way in my life and to learn how to be graceful and present and, and also awkward and still struggling around closures. Um. Mm. You know, and I think all of us have these particular things that keep cycling back around. And I think viewers is like, here it is again, sweetheart. And if we can go, hi, there you are again. Let's try, you know, another opportunity. What I call, I'm getting a PhD in this. Mm -hmm. That there's, there's grace that starts to happen mm -hmm. over time. Yeah. So tell us about... What's, what's one of your favorite pieces of the new book? Hmm. You know, I really love, I just really love the fact that um, what had felt so complicated to me before, and with Randy's help also, and the editors, um, but my sense of, oh, oh what a relief, it's, it's actually so much simpler. So being able to share some of these practices, but without laying it out there is this 
you have to become a master at meditation or a master journaler or you know some bold creative spirit before it's like no let's start with the very 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 basic simple things and we've been talking about them today already you know i love that i am so in love with the with the fact that what has come out the other end of what felt like a long time and a long process has turned out to be simple that healing doesn't have to be complicated rediscovering your creativity doesn't have to be complicated coming home to yourself doesn't have to be complicated and and that all of it is all of it is all of it like i think that people look at healing in its own i'm going to go and heal and then they look at creativity and they're like if i have my creative practice that means i'm working on a creative project of some kind and to have it come so deep into the um into the heart ash to have it be the core of this is who I am. So taking the word creativity off of it and going, this is my essential inner self, my spark, my spark. And it wants to heal and restore every part of my life, not just because people would come and want to work with me on, I need my ass kicked so I can get my book done. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, that's not how, I probably want not the right guy to help you kick your ass, okay? Um, but they were trying to get it all, they were trying to get their creativity pushed through this one channel and they were so feeling so stuck. And when we would relax together and I'd say, you know, I mean, sure, I might hold you accountable if you need that, but really probably more gently, gentleness is needed. So let's, let's look around your life. What areas would love to be, be loved, would, would love to be cleaned up, would love to be feel better? And what's funny is I would often notice, and in my own life too, this is never just about them. It's us, it's me. Um, you know, they would clean out a closet. They're like, I don't know why, but my now my intuition or whatever this is, is saying, I got to start with the closet. And I'd say, well, let's start with the closet. Next week they'd come back. Oh my God, I cleaned out the closet. How do you feel? Oh my God, I feel so much better. And oh my God, I started writing again. You know, um, it's just amazing doing the, doing the work and enjoying the process or whatever we want to say of, of going there. Um, it's, it's clearing the, the lungs of fluid so that it, creative expression wants to be as natural as breathing. Yeah. And we've so separated. There's creativity over here and creative people that are producing beautiful, saleable things. Yes, yes, Like yes. it's become this commodity or it's about like absolute beauty. Like it has to be breathtaking and, and that's creativity over here. Mm -hmm. And it's such, it's, an, it's again, another distortion. It really is. And the, the, you asked my favorite parts, you know, the other favorite, I started and ended the book on asking what if, what if the simplest purpose of life, what if the life that showed up here before it knew its own name, before it had any rules, before it was, you know, in the Toltec tradition to be domesticated. Um, what if that life before it knew any of the rules for living was looking for joy? And, and what is joy? It's not just happiness. It's deeper than that. It's this aquifer. So what if the very simplest purpose of life is joy? What brings me real joy? And that can be hard stuff and exacting stuff. Um, but as I've begun to apply that in my life, Ash, and you just nailed it, like the, 
the saleability or the things that make us all say, wow, like that new young poet laureate today at the inauguration. And I was so happy that I could love what she did. You know, it's like, oh my God, she's so amazing. And she's so amazing. Oh my God. But we look at that. And so somebody writing a poem in their notebook at home would go, well, yeah, but I'm, I'll never do that. But did it bring you joy? Do you feel alive writing that poem? Do you love that? Um, whatever it might be. My brother is a computer guy and that's that's his poetry, is writing code, that's his poetry. And as he has begun to see, oh, that's my creative nature engaging in what I find joy in, he suddenly is going, oh my God, I'm living one of my purposes and this is fantastic. Yes. And how do we use each other to inspire our mm -hmm. own creativity, like to use, Amanda Gorman instead of oh now there's this this goddess of a young 22 year old yeah. you know black woman who's like fire oh my god right instead of let me now judge myself against her and make myself wrong and small and um mm -hmm. to say thank you Amanda for bringing your light out and reminding me to keep bringing my light out whatever that looks like and that the the poem written, you know, when your heart is breaking in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. you know, under the covers with the flashlight so your kids don't wake up, is just as cathartic and creative yes. as anything else. Yes. Yeah. life expressing itself and and to keep being inspired by life expressing itself in all the ways yes yeah. all right last question for you and i we're going to share with uh, everybody who's listening jacob has a download that we're going to share with you so i'll put it in the show notes you want to share a little bit about the download and then we'll ask the the last question there was this um what was the going to go back because you had sent us the link to the download. Oh, and also humankind. That's my other thing. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the download that you're gifting to people. Oh yeah. So um, this is a very short, it's actually right in the title, uh, the subtitle, a very short ebook. <laughs> I think it's 11 pages long. Um, and this describes how to, establish your creative self journaling practice and it's those of you who have been journaling or maybe know you should be or think you should be um, maybe you've done the artist's way uh, morning pages for years I'm, I'm so gratified to have people coming back to me and saying oh my god this very simple process has actually reconnected me with what with my journal with myself um, so I'm just happy because it's so simple. So there are three questions. The first question is, and you could do this in about 10 minutes a day. Um, the first question is, how do, how do I feel right now? Very, very honest. No one else is there to judge you. It's not how I should feel. It's how do I feel? Um, and I noticed when I started this practice, and this goes back to that time in my life, right? As I was getting ready to rewrite the book, when I actually developed this, it became a thing for myself. Um, so that's where it was all tested. How do I feel right now? And there were many mornings, Ash, where I'd say my head feels like it's full of cotton. I feel afraid. I feel all these things. The second question is, what do I need right now? 
And again, this can be, you know, I need more money. I need, you know, a different house to live in, or it can be very simple. Um, and I, I invite you to be as simple as you can be with it. I need to pee. Um, I need a drink of water. Um, I'm really tired. I need to take a nap. I mean, you'd be surprised at what comes up if we allow it to be very visceral, very right now, and how important those words are, uh, that those are directions from the inner self saying, this is what you actually need, not what you think, what you, think you should need. Um, so the first question, um, how do I feel right now? Second question is, what do I need right now? And the third one is, what would I love? And I also used a modification with myself because there were oftentimes I couldn't look forward in the future and paint some, you know, vision. It would be more like, how would I, how would I love to feel right now? So I found myself often writing, oh, I would love to feel really safe right now. I would love to feel those things. So using one or two of those things. I've discovered over the course of some years of using that, that um, the benefit is that begin to just have this like history of, oh my God, I can look back and realize I don't wake up very many mornings saying that my head feels like I'm full of cotton. I feel so afraid. And like most mornings are actually different now. So there's this, but it's actually a journal. So that's what's contained in here. And there's some suggested reading for those who like to read extra books, um, but it's a very simple practice. Perfect. So that link to that will be in the show notes. You can go download that ebook. And I love that you did a list of books because more books, more books. <laughs> Always more books. <laughs> Always more books. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I, I ask all of our guests is what are they inspired by right now? And one of the things that you'd share was a book that you just finished called Humankind. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's so interesting when I when I answered that question for your producer, I, I was like, wow, I don't know if the, I mean, this is what was inspiring me, but I don't know how relevant it is to what we'll be talking about. It's incredibly relevant. I loved that um, the author whose name I can't remember or say right now, he's from the Netherlands. He wrote this book that questions our story that humans are basically bad, that we are basically he, he takes classic big studies like the Stanford Prison Project and um, Lord of the Flies. He takes all these big stories about how bad we are if we're left to our own devices. And he pulls them apart in a very gentle, humorous, but also scientific way. So he goes and does his own research and then reveals the rest of the story about, you know, these were big news items to prove how bad we are. Let me show you the rest of that. And then, and he just weaves down through history. It's just amazing, heartfelt, funny, gorgeous tale that he weaves. And um, and at the end then gives some suggestions. He said, this isn't a self-help book, but let me give some suggestions about how to approach each other and ourselves and the world slightly differently based on what I've been sharing with you here. And I just found it completely refreshing. And I think Ash, in a time where we, there's a lot in the common chatter about how bad things are and how bad we are and how hopeless it is. It was just a ray of sunlight for me a few months ago to read this book. Perfect. That is so important. Yeah. So humankind. And I think that for all of us now, like we're going through such a shift, like there's so much going on that to find people like you, Jacob, to find books and resources that inspire us and that mm. also expand the way we think. That's what I've been doing is, is reading books about restorative justice, around mm. anti-racism, around emergent strategy, like different, different ways to look at what it means to be human. 
mm-hmm. and look, different ways to look at our, our history, some of which has been really painful to look at. But also, how do we, you know, and that's important. I think it's important to be in the discomfort of the history and where we've been so that we have that information and to also open up to, I love that, hey, that Stanford study that so many of us heard about, about the guards and how cruel humans are to each other and it's just our nature, there's more to that story. There's other ways of looking at it. And I've been really reading about indigenous wisdom and culture and justice and how different Mm -hmm. our old ideas of justice and what's possible. Mm. So exciting. Yeah. Such an incredible time. Like everything's open. I just feel like we're on the cusp. You know, I really do. Like I, I've, I was talking with a client the other day and I said, you know, you were born for this time, right? Like, and, and I feel that way about so many of us, Ash, who maybe have felt like for so long, maybe all of our lives, we didn't fit or our gifts weren't, weren't going to work in the world or whatever. And I just want to, I just want to say like, I'm just genuinely so excited right now. I can feel that there are many of us who have been, you know, in the wings or in the shadows for a long time who are going to find what the world is crying out for and what we are ready to offer, the ways we can now serve. Um, I I feel like some amazing things are right in the process of happening. Me too. I really do as well. And that, you know, I love that you also have that optimism. And that's really what happens when we we reconnect with our creativity. Mm -hmm. And that deep, this is my spark, this is my essence. So I feel like when we connect with that, then we're like, okay, possibilities, possibilities. Here we go. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy or that it's, you know, a smooth road. It's not, that's okay. We can do this. Thank you so much for, for bringing your heart and your wisdom and so excited to hold your book in my hands. Comes out. When does it come out? April? No, February 16th. It's almost here. Oh my God, it's almost here. I know. I'll be sending you a copy. Randy just said mine are on the way, so I'll send you a copy as soon as I have them here. And and Ash, I I said this before your episode started, but um, I want to say it again. I just was so excited when your producer sent me an invitation to be here. I expected that we would have this kind of a conversation, but you are just such a dear friend and teacher you know reflector for me and um so it's just i just have so much joy um thank you for opening this space and for sharing yourself um and everybody who's listening i mean i just i I kind of feel everyone invisibly here with us you know and if i looked around not as somebody you know speaking from a some height but just look around in all your eyes and go i see in every one of your eyes that you are enough I love you. Thank you for being here. Mm, mm, thank you. And everyone also check out uh, Jacobs has a new podcast that's starting. So I give a shout out for that as well with Scott Stable. So um, tell us the name of it again. So it's, it's such a fun name. Oh, yeah. This starts tomorrow, actually. Yes. So I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, it's Hey, Jacob. Hi, Scott. So everyone check that out as well. I'll put I'll put the link once. Uh, 
Jacob and Scott do their first episode, I'll put it in this episode as well. So thanks so much for being part of the Warrior Goddess Revolution podcast and all the evolution and reframing and recreation and um, just joy that you're bringing to everything that you do and to the world through your books and your podcast and your writing and everything. Love you so much. Thanks, Jake. Likewise. You too, Ash. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.